How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to y'all on Tuesday, September 21st, 2021, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? Rough weekend for the bets for me, but uh, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back real quick. Hey, first thing I want to say, guys, is a tough weekend across the board on betting. Ben and I on our force picks on the show. Only had three picks actually in play, went 0 and 3 on those, but force picks, I was 2 and uh, 6 on the podcast. Ben was the same thing as well. So tough weeks for the boys, you know, in their force picks and whatnot. Um, look, first thing I want to say is about actual bets that we took that I want to complain about. The first part where I want to complain, or the first thing I want to say is, if anyone listening to this podcast or Ben yourself hears me say that I'm betting on the Miami Hurricanes, I give any of you permission to punch me or slap me in the face. Um, that team is absolutely pathetic. They are an absolute train wreck. I don't expect Manny Diaz to be there much longer. But next thing I want to complain about is the Notre Dame and Purdue game. I mean, Purdue's wide receiver literally had the ball hit him in the hands, bounce up in the air, and picked off by Notre Dame to lose the cover. That's not the point here. There was two targeting calls they called on Purdue that were not targeting at all. And then Notre Dame literally hit a Purdue receiver helmet to helmet and knocked him out of the game. And they didn't even review it for targeting or anything. I mean, that game was so obviously rigged to get Notre Dame onto the next week. I don't like saying sports are rigged, but Ben, did you watch any of that game? Yep. I mean, literally every single call, everything went Notre Dame's way. Purdue, that was a tough loss, but I mean, it just felt like that their goal was to get Notre Dame undefeated to this Wisconsin game. Did you not feel the same way? If they do it again one week, they gotta they gotta beat Cincinnati the following week. So Notre Dame's, I think, I think that's right. I think Notre Dame plays Wisconsin this week, and then I believe they play Cincinnati the next one. Yep, Cincinnati's uh, got a bye this week. Yep. So listen, we're gonna find out the real Notre Dame. I know that. <clears throat> I think you've been a little more skeptical on them than maybe me, but I, I wouldn't say I've believed in them. Um, but we're going to find out whether the whether they are the real deal or not. Yeah, absolutely. And then, honestly, I would have made it out okay this weekend if Justin Herbert and the Chargers could figure things out. Also saw some of the weirdest penalty calls I've ever seen at the end of a game in that game again. I mean, that illegal shift made absolutely no sense that took away our touchdown. Herbert throws a pick in the end zone that takes away the ability to cover and win the game. I mean, illegal shift where no one was moving on. Yeah, exactly. Like that was literally the worst call I think of. I mean, there are some pretty bad calls. I don't. I can't say it was the worst call the entire weekend because Ole Miss did down a punt that was picked up by uh, by Memphis and ran to the house. So, I mean, no Mississippi State. Yeah, and and on top of that, Auburn got. Penn State to punt three downs because the referees didn't review it. So, I mean, I want to say that's the worst call of the weekend, but there was many worse. I mean, look, it was just an all-around weird weekend, guys. I'm going to say this for those of y'all who are new to betting and whatnot. Don't dwell on your losses. Learn why you lost and move on. Sometimes you're going to have the right bet and lose. For example, I just had a baseball game where I took the over, and there was 28 base hits, and the Tigers had, or the White Sox had a base runner in every single inning, yet scored three runs, and I lost by one run. So, I mean – Shit happens. It's, it's betting. Don't let it ruin your day. Move on from it. Move on. Anyway, let's move on to that. Ben, I have an interesting take for you here about college football. I want to see if you agree with me or not. It became evident to me this weekend when I was sitting there, not only watching the Clemson game, but watching the Alabama and Florida game. And it was something I've been thinking about that didn't become clear to me until really this weekend. But honestly, 
I think we've not only have we seen did we have where we spoiled for like three years there where we saw this quarterback talent going to the NFL from college. But I just feel like that all of college football is kind of back to normal. A lot of times we have this juggernaut team. For example, you have LSUs. For example, you have Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. For example, you have, you know, Alabama last year with Mac Jones and everybody, even Tua at Alabama. You have these juggernaut teams that are on another level from every single team. And I just don't see a team like that this year. I mean, I would I think Sam Howell still is that QB. I mean, there's a lot of questions that he hasn't gotten better from his fre- from his freshman year. I thought I mean, I watched a lot of that game against Virginia and I thought that he definitely stepped up, but you could argue, I mean, I I picked Oklahoma to win the national championship. I would not take Spencer Rattler in the first round. I'd probably take Malik Willis and Sam Howell as the only two quarterbacks draftable in the first round in my opinion, you know. I just feel like that we were truly blessed. I mean, like when we see these quarterbacks, like I know y'all listen to me and Ben podcast, and we kept saying, you know, not all these guys are going to be good, but at the same time, there's not even quarterbacks as good as these college guys were and went to the NFL. You know, like we will have years where we have like the Dwayne's Haskins draft class. You know, like it's like that. I feel, I just feel like all of college football is on the same level, and I still stand by my previous statement that every single team in college football will lose this game this season. Yeah, I think you can, you know. I really only think if if there's if these two teams, Georgia and Alabama, play at the level we know they can consistently play at, then I think there's a gap. I think it's I think it's Bama, Georgia, and there's a gap at least for this year. I really do. Bama has only played; they've played three games. I would argue they've played three good quarters all season. To be honest with you, that's it. They they haven't played great football. I thought Miami. Um, I thought they played the first half really well, fell asleep a little bit in the second half uh, against Mercer in game two. They played awful in uh, quarter number one. Uh, quarter number two, they stepped it up a little bit, but then the second half, they really turned it on. They didn't play great against Mercer the entire game. And then against Florida, an unbelievable first quarter, got up by 18 points and just fell apart. I mean, again, and obviously they only won by two points, so they haven't played to their highest level yet in terms of like the, the quarterback discussion. There's plenty of guys that are talented enough that could be the superheroes, the gods that Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, you know, Tua was his freshman year burrow. It's just like fit and scheme. So it's like Mac Jones, like Mac Jones may not have been the most talented quarterback that's ever stepped foot in Alabama but he was surrounded by so much and his skill set fit to what the offensive play calls were doing. I couldn't tell you why Clemson's struggling on offense. I could tell you that their offensive line is not experienced as it typically has been. They have a true freshman running back, but the weapons are still there. I could not tell you why uh, DJ is struggling to really move the football. They just beat Georgia tech by, was it three points or something like that? Um, it, it's not that the talent's not there. It's not that the schemes aren't fitting for these players. Man, it's just like a lack of focus from these like powerhouse programs. Like we've seen it with Ohio State in the past. They've had that one slip up. They had it early this year. It was against a good Oregon team, but Ohio State didn't look like Ohio State there. Um, I, obviously, they're the young quarterback. Bama hasn't looked like Bama. George's defense has been unbelievable but they've been battling throughout injuries with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. And yep. like, I wouldn't say their offense has hit a stride either. Their uh, Georgia's offense, mm-hmm. I would say has looked great, uh, but their defense has, it's just, I don't think anyone's been able to hit their stride yet. I don't think it's a lingering effect from, from the weird season last year. I just yeah. think it's a lack of, it's a lack of focus. Like 
there's there's a lot going on um, on college campuses in the world. Like COVID is still very relevant. I know that these guys can practice and it's somewhat back to normal, but there's a lack of focus around college football and it's not because of the talent's not there, but I agree with you. No one has separated themselves from each other so far, but I still think Bama and Georgia, there's a gap under them. I think those two are at the top. I think there's a gap. I really do. Um, so I do agree with you that I would say it's like the COVID virus is lingering effects, but I do think the fact that you have these guys who are able to return again for another season, I think that is kind of affecting because now you have these four and now you have these like fifth and sixth year seniors that are still playing, you know, and these guys have been there. They've done that so many times and, you know, they're way more mature than some of these freshmen that come in. So I feel like that is helping teams to us to a sense, you know, just that the fact that some of these teams can have these older guys in there with experience, but also, too, you know, I definitely agree with you, Ben. The talent's not all there on all these teams. Like, Alabama's offensive line and their run game is definitely not what it usually is. Like, I really feel like if they Alabama had their typical run game and O-line, I don't think that game would have been close, you know. But they had to keep passing the ball because that was really the only way they were able to move the ball. And I don't know. It just felt like they were stuck in, like, a weird how aggressive do we want to be, you know, kind of area. And also, too, hats off to Dan Mullen. He called one hell of a game, you know, with all that quarterback running. But – it definitely is a, is a weird season, a weird time in college football. Like Clemson, I will say this about Clemson. I don't think their weapons are as good as they had in the past. You know, for example, you had Mike Williams. Um, you had Justin Ross, T. Higgins. Yep, T. Higgins is one that nobody ever mentions. I love that one that you brought that one up. Travis Etienne. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence might be a lot better than we gave him credit for, you know, how good that he's he was. I mean, same thing with Tua. I mean – Alabama, I mean, Michi's a beast, but I mean, at the same time, you don't see, you know, Calvin Ridley. You don't see um, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. He's very good. John Mitchell's very good. He's not in the same category as Ridley or Judy or Devonta Smith, Waddle. Like those guys were, those guys were better. It's probably because they had the explosive factor. I wouldn't say Mitchie's the fastest guy, but he catches, he's a good, very good wide receiver. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. I mean, that's just a thing. Like, I feel like there's not these elite. I just feel like, you know, the talent is not as elite in college football like it's been in the past couple of years. And, you know, that happens from time to time. Like, I think like that really that Dwayne Haskins draft class is like the last draft. I think that was what, 2018? It was No, it was it was 2019. That's the that's the Kyler Murray one. See, I feel like there's not really that elite talent level like we're used to in college football i mean don't get me wrong there still is some nasty players but it's definitely not what it used to be i i think for sure everyone will lose at least one game and you know what cincinnati handles their business against notre dame and they handle their business the rest of the season and they're undefeated i think they got to get in what do you think i don't disagree i mean here's the thing i i don't think i've said this multiple times i'll say it again uh one loss clemson team with an acc championship it doesn't like overrule or overrank an undefeated Cincinnati team with an AAC championship. Like I, I could sit here and make an argument that the AAC is better than the ACC. So it's the same, you know, it's kind of the same thing for Oregon who's Oregon's undefeated right now, but the PAC 12 as a whole is it's still not that good of a conference. It's like every single week they, they have one, one or two teams have a great win and then the rest of the conference falls apart. And looks atrocious. And it's just like the conference as a whole isn't as strong as, as, you know, the ACC is not as strong as Clemson needs them to be right now. Clemson needs North Carolina to keep winning games, to probably meet them in the mm-hmm. 
uh, ACC championship. Like Miami's not going to get it done at this point. It, it's just not. You know, they're barely they barely beat Appalachian State. I get it. They're a good program, but they already got clobbered by Alabama, and they just lost to uh, Michigan State. Miami. Michigan State. Thank you. So like Miami, if they make the ACC championship with two losses, so that's not going to be a quality win for Clemson at this point. You know, it's just the same thing. Ohio State needs Michigan. It's crazy, but they need the Michigan, the Michigan State, the Iowa's. Keep winning. They, you got to help them. You got Ohio State and Clemson need help at this point because they already have hurt themselves with a loss. So, actually, I don't think though Clemson should be like hurt by their loss. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but everyone complains about how they. Well, it's a great loss. It's going to be the best loss all year. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I just think that, you know, the fact everyone complains about these teams playing cupcakes like shit. Clemson could go out and play Illinois State. They could play Western Carolina and Tennessee Tech, you know, as they're out of conference schedule. But, no, they scheduled Georgia instead. I think that their loss looks way better losing at a neutral site to a top three team in the nation than Ohio State having a Pac-12 team come in their house and house them. You know what I mean? No, it does for sure. But if Cincinnati has a couple ranked wins on their schedule – one of them being Notre Dame, who you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what number is next to them. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. It's- yeah, that's what I'm, see, look, I think at the end of the day in this season, it's all about surviving and advancing. Everyone's bashing Oklahoma, but at the end of the day, Oklahoma got tested twice and won both times. I still think it might be the fact that I picked Oklahoma to win all. I still think they can go undefeated. Now, I, I would say this, though. If Spencer Rattler does what he did again last game in the first half, I would pull his ass so fast. Their backup quarterback, I can't think of his name right now. He's a five-star. He's just as good, if not better. I, I agree with that point. Um, you know, I don't – Alabama has not played their best football, and they were still able to win in a top-five environment on the road yep. back in Florida. That's why I think there's a gap between certain teams and everyone else. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. It's all about just – at the end of the day, we care about covering the spread. It doesn't matter if you cover the spread or not. If you get the job done and you win the game, you do it. I mean, hey, I thought that was a very impressive win by Alabama. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to talk down on it and whatnot, but, I mean, they went to a hostile environment in Florida with a with a quarterback playing his first true SEC road game and won the game. So, I mean, hats off to Alabama for surviving and advancing. Listen, um, playing, playing on the road in the SEC is not an easy thing. Mm-mm. You see it quite often when teams not in the SEC – for example, I know that this program is considered to be still looking to be on the rise. They're not great. You guys, you guys saw what happened when Texas visited Arkansas. Arkansas had the most fans they've ever had in a stadium. Yep. Obviously, they've sold out games before, but that was the most fans Arkansas has ever had in a stadium. That place was rowdy, and it was a slaughtering. It, we've, yeah. seen it, we've seen it teams traveling to Kentucky. Like, it, it doesn't have to be the Floridas, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSU, the people, the Auburns, the people you know have great stadiums. It ain't easy. Mississippi State was home against Alabama a couple of years ago. Jalen Hurts was quarterback. Took him down to the wire. Devontae Smith caught a slant pass for a touchdown with, like, 13 seconds left. It's really, really hard to go to someone's place. I remember that. And win a football game when you're coaching 18, 19-year-old kids. Yep. Ben, you hit the nail on the head. Anything else on college football before we talk about a little pro football? I think the the no powerhouse like we like our discussion we just had is a good thing for college football. I, I will agree. say that. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun. Right, let's put it this way: I think there's gonna be a lot of parity. Like I think we're just getting started on college football. I think it's gonna be an enjoyable season. Like, don't get me wrong, last year was fun, like to watch how everything played out, but. 
the same time, you know, we kind of knew what was going to happen every single game. This one's fun now. Like, you got to pay attention every single week. Like, something – I get the feeling something crazy is going to go down here in the next two weeks. Like, one of these big-time undefeated teams that are in the top five is going to, you know, get upset for no – I mean, shoot, Texas A&M might be an upset watch this week. They don't have their quarterback, though, so it's a little more expected, but still. Be prepared for something to happen. So, obviously, guys, we probably watched – my opinion, I mean – we might, we might say, I might say this a few times, but it's tough to be a Kansas City Chiefs versus Baltimore Ravens in primetime Sunday night football game. And man, did they deliver on one of the best games? We watched Kansas City get out to a very quick lead on a Lamar Jackson pick since. And then we watched Lamar Jackson. Not only did he look adversity in the face as he threw another interception later on in the game, but he said he doesn't care and put the team on his back and got the win with an undermanned squad. Somehow John Harbaugh coached up this defense as well to get him a win, missing tons of main contributors. Ben, I think it's time. I think it's time to seriously consider this. Do you think Lamar Jackson has transformed his game and taken it to the next level? I definitely think he's taking it to the next level. I think he's been forced into it, uh, especially this year. He doesn't have all of his receivers, doesn't have any running backs that were on the original roster. It means they're asking him to do a little bit more with the legs, which obviously he's very comfortable doing. Listen, he's improved as a passer. I think it's hard to deny that. Uh, he still misses the occasional read. He still is in his accuracy could could still improve. But yeah, I would I would say he's taking it to the next level. I think his uh, his confidence, his leadership, I, I think it's all grown. I think he really does have the perfect coach for him. I think Harbaugh, John Harbaugh is a tremendous coach. You know, I th- you saw, you could see it on live TV. Harbaugh said, do you want to go for this? Probably knowing Lamar Jackson would say yes. He didn't even hesitate, said yes. He goes, okay, let's go for it. Like, there's the trust factor there. I think that's huge. Big trust. Someone's caught con- big trust. I know Mark Ingram's not there, but – um, it's real, man. Like it, not every coach quarterback has that relationship where he says, you know, you know, we're going for it. And the coach is like, yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Like, I think his leadership has gotten better. I still, as well as he's playing Lamar, I still, I think it catches up to him at some point this year. It's a tremendous win, a tremendous monkey off his back that he was finally able to beat Mahomes. It's just, you know, uh, it catch, it's going to catch up to the Ravens. I, I do think so at this point. I still don't think they make the playoffs. Yeah, I still think the Ravens don't make the playoffs, but I really think Lamar Jackson, you know, that was a huge feat for him. Look, I don't think Lamar Jackson needs to be the kind of passer that people think he does. At the same time, you I know, Lily so outside of Hollywood Brown, he doesn't have the weapons he needs. Lamar Jackson pretty much in that game, I feel like, conquered. You know, I feel like every single athlete, they have like a game in their career where that they – you know, conquer something or other. Like, for example, for Mahomes, the game where he really got over the hump and got to that next level was in that playoff game against the Texans where they went down early. You know, that was kind of his game where he looked adversity in the face. I feel like for Lamar Jackson, that was it. Like, first play of the game, first pass gets intercepted, you know, and you're like, all right, this can't start any worse. Lamar could have just pouted, cried about it. Instead, he went right down the field and scored a touchdown. The entire game, he had an answer for everything Kansas City threw at him. He was throwing jump passes. He was making all kinds of plays. if I might add, he did it his way. Yeah, he did it his way, and he made it had a huge win against Kansas City. But I, not only is that huge for Lamar Jackson's confidence, but I like it because Lamar's showing that his way of playing quarterback not only does it win, but that's the way he's going to do it. You know, and I don't think he needs to be like other quarterbacks. 
Now, the one the thing that I do agree with you about with the Ravens, though, is I don't know if Lamar can hold up handling that kind of workload. I mean, he ran the ball. I think he had like 10-plus attempts running the ball. You don't want your quarterback carrying the ball that much, even if it is Lamar Jackson. He's going to take him necessary hits. I mean, their defense is beat up, but, hey, they played a hell of a game. I really feel like that was a statement game for the Ravens. I don't want to write them off, though, as not being able to make the playoffs, even though I picked them to not make the playoffs, but – it's only going to keep getting tough. You know what I mean? They're not going to get more healthy than they already are, are now. Right. No, I mean, I definitely agree with that. It's it, We've seen quarterbacks been it, like be the lead rusher. Like, you know, Josh Allen's done it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a lot bigger of a human being. He can probably absorb some more hits. But <sighs> Lamar's done this for a while. He did it all in college. He, he was a big-time runner in college. It helped us have a Heisman year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done it every year with the Ravens so far. I just – he's not going to – if he could play that energized and get up for this for that game, just like he's playing the Chiefs every week, I think this team would be good. They're well-coached, very good special teams. Uh, it's pretty hard for them not to get points on the board once they're inside field goal range. It's Tucker's automatic. Yep. Pretty much the only kicker ever. that He's got the highest uh, percentage of made kicks in – He's 91% on all of his kicks. It's the best ever. So I just don't think the weapons, like the key, they're not going to be able to, they ran the ball well. Tyson Williams deserves credit. Devontae Freeman has a pulse, apparently. He, I thought he ran pretty hard a couple times. It's just between Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Mark Andrews is great, but I, I don't think they have enough to carry them. But I'm glad to see Lamar does it his way. I'm glad to see the Ravens only cater to Lamar and do it his way. They don't try to change him. They know who he is. They know he can be successful with it. Don't change him. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Ben. Um, On the flip side of things, let's talk about Kansas City, though. Kansas City's offense did their job, I thought, even though Clive Edwards-Hilaire did fumble away the victory. But I think something that seriously needs to be talked about here is, is this Kansas City's weakness going to be that they can't stop the run? We watched Cleveland run all over them last week. We watched Baltimore do it this week. What do you think, Ben? Will them not being able to stop the run be their downfall? It certainly is not going to help them. Um, they, you know, they mentioned it on the broadcast a couple of times. They moved Chris Jones to defensive yep. end. Now, not not every team does as many read options and RPOs as the Baltimore Ravens, but he was torched all night. Like they were literally targeting him. Lamar was having a field day. Just, you know, if he if he crashed in, he went outside. If he stayed outside, he let the running back take it. So. It's, you know, to me, it's they got to get a pass rush is more thing. I know that, you know, stopping the run is different from pass rush, but they just got to show up on defense. It's almost like you tweeted this, like, do they care in the regular season? Like, it just seems like they didn't make any adjustments on defense. It's a defensive coordinator that's been there for multiple years. With I mean, in the NFL, you don't have a ton of turnover in players. You're coaching relatively the same guys. It just seems like they just didn't change anything against the run. They know Baltimore wanted to run the ball. They could obviously tell Baltimore was having success run the football. It's like they didn't change anything in their blitz scheme. They didn't, the gaps were wide open all night for Baltimore. Yeah, half of me wants to say that, first off, I do think Kansas City's inability to stop the run will come back to bite them. I mean, if that Browns punter could have actually caught the ball, who knows what would have happened in that game. But 
I mean, not being able to stop the run definitely hurts. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, at the end games, if you're ever trailing, you know, the other teams and obviously want to run the ball. And if they can just run the ball all day and they're not risking throwing the ball through the air, that's definitely going to hurt you. And I think that is a big weakness, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Moving Christian Jones outside didn't help, but does Kansas city even care that much about the regular season? I mean, there's a stat floating around. They now are one in nine in their last 10 regular season games against the spread, but they're nine and one straight up in those that literally doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, I don't know if they even really care that much about the regular season. I mean, when you have a team this talented and offense this good, I mean, you can go out there and throw together whatever you want on defense, and you're probably going to beat nine out of ten teams in this league and win nine out of ten times. It's almost like you don't – it's almost like that boxer who, you know, like you said, doesn't show what he has in the first couple rounds and saves it for the end. I mean, Kansas City could be doing that, but I definitely don't think moving Christian Jones outside was stupid. You know, I feel like they missed him in the middle because that was where they gashed him was in the middle. They weren't bouncing it outside. They were doing it all on that RPO up the middle. Yeah, and that's their strength. They played to their strength. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I think what I think what Baltimore did really well is they eliminated Tyreek Hill from the equation. I think yep. he had three or four – I think he had four targets and like three catches – and, you know, it was really strange. It's like, because I have Kelsey on one of my fantasy teams, and it's like, uh-huh. you know, the beginning of the game, it's like, okay, look at the people doing the damage. It's like me, Cole Hartman, Robinson, Pringle, or it was some other guys I had never heard of. Uh, I, I know Pringle from special teams, but they were making everyone else beat them, and they shut down Tyreek Hill all night. Maybe, maybe can other teams try and do that? I don't think teams are going to be successful doing it, but – the Ravens' secondary is pretty depleted from their opening day roster, and they were able to get it done. Yeah, they had some undrafted free agents really stepping up. It'll be – yeah, Kansas City also had, I think, nine different guys catch pass. But it'll be interesting to see how things play out in Kansas City. I mean, I didn't even know that Jarek McKinnon on their roster, and he caught a pass too. So, Kansas, let's put it this way. I wouldn't read too much into what happens in the regular season with this team. We'll wait until it gets to playoff time and see what's going on. Um a team who has impressed me so far this regular season is the Dallas Cowboys, Ben. The Cowboys find themselves one and one but not only did they go shot for shot with Tampa Bay, and they probably should have won if their kicker could kick the ball straight. You know, like they were, they were very unfortunate to go down in that one. But on top of that, this offense, Dak Prescott looks amazing in there. And I thought that Dak Prescott played a hell of a game on Sunday. I thought he did the week before too, but also too – they managed to win that game without either of their starting defensive ends. I mean, they were able yeah. to come up and make plays. They picked off Herbert twice in that game. I mean, Herbert's Herbert looks, I swear, Herbert, like he had a third down where he threw like a 60-yard completion. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's amazing. And then Herbert turns around and throws an interception where there's nobody near the ball in the end zone. I mean, that's just part of him being young, though, and having to get better. But I thought this or Dallas he was team was running, running backwards instead of throwing it away, and then he got the intentional grounding. Yeah, exactly. Like the, Herbert's just young. He's got to learn that not every single play he has to make a play. There's going to be some plays where he just has to throw the ball away, you know, and that's part of him maturing and getting older. But ultimately, though, I thought this was a, was one hell of a showing by Dallas. The fact they were able to come out of there with a massive road win and not start 0-2. But I really think this Cowboys offense, man, is a juggernaut. CeeDee Lamb looks like a beast out there. They have a two-headed monster in their backfield. But they bullied the Chargers up front. They were running the ball for five or six yards on first down. I think Dallas, with this healthy offensive line, is going to be a good team. The defense will be suspect all year, but good luck stopping that offense. I'm going to go with the Vegas Raiders. Two wild wins, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. I read a, I read a stat that said they've only blitzed 
twice in their first two games. And their defense has played really well. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is moving the football. Um, I think Kenyon Drake has been a good addition to the team so far. They're finally, I mean, for the love of God, they're finally using Henry Ruggs, which I complained about all last year. They kept giving, you literally drafted Henry Ruggs in the first round because he was known for speed. And I get that Nelson Aguilar is also a speed guy, but he's also proving he can barely catch the football. <laughs> so why don't you why don't you just mix up their routes? Ruggs is finally doing his thing. Darren Waller has somehow gotten even better, uh, especially after week one. Ooh, tormented that defense. They're winning football games. Now, there's a caution flag because the Raiders can do this. They have fallen apart after Thanksgiving before, so – I need to see them keep this going, but I've been pretty impressed with them so far. The other team is, I know it's, I know they beat the Jets and then they beat the Saints, but the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold has looked better. I think you can look at Darnold and say 100% it was not, uh, you're making a face at me, but you can clearly say now that Adam Gase was his issue in New York and it was not on Sam Darnold, the fact that they did not, uh, give him any help. I mean, he just had nothing at the receiver position. He finally has receivers. He's not, he's had one turnover in two games. He didn't turn over against the Jets. He threw that one against the Saints, but he also threw all over the Saints. Let's see if he can keep it going because I, this is a team that right now they're playing good defense. Maybe they can challenge the Saints for the second spot in that division. They're not going to win it because Tampa Bay will. But so far I've been more, listen, he had a big turnover problem. In New York, New York's got a big turnover problem with their quarterback now. Darnold was not the issue in New York. It was clearly Adam Gase. Yeah, I think it's Adam Gase, and I feel like the quarterbacks just go to die in New York. I can't remember my lifetime when they've ever had a good quarterback, so I think it's part of that too. Um, Sanchez had, like, a couple good years. Yeah, that was mostly defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and in the run game. But I mean, yeah, Sanchez did it. Sanchez, honestly, Mark Sanchez is probably the best Jets quarterback of our lifetime. That's a crazy thing to think about, right there. But I'm look. Like I'm gonna Chad say this. Pennington or something. Yeah, look, I'm gonna say this. The Panthers, they looked good beating the Saints. I just don't buy into it. That Saints defense was missing Marshawn Lattimore. They're missing another corner. They're missing Marcus Davenport. They were missing like four defensive starters. And then I mean, they still they do coaches. have what. And they had a bunch of coaches oh, yeah. not being able to coach. Yeah, and a bunch of coaches out. And on top of that, they also do have the crab leg king as quarterback, and we all know what he likes to do. He reverted back to his old ways this week as well. All I can say is I wish the Falcons played the Jets and the Saints in that situation in the first two weeks as well. I think that we would – but look, they handled business. I mean, we're 0-2, they're 2-0. and I'm just going to say that, but I do agree with you on the Raiders. That's who I had as well for my impressive 2-0 and team. Um Honestly, though, Ben, you know what's crazy thing to think about is the Panthers should probably start at three and zero because they got the Texans on Thursday night. And no Tyrod, not that it matters that much, but no Tyrod Taylor. I think that's, I think it matters. Yeah, I think it definitely matters. They had Tyrod, and I mean, I'm probably still going to take the Texans, but just just to cover the spread, obviously. But I mean, with Tyrod in there, they'd probably win the game outright. But yeah, you know, Darnold definitely has played better. I think a lot of it though is Joe Brady. I feel like Joe Brady, I mean, look at LSU, man. LSU looks like the exact same LSU team again once Joe Brady has left them as they were without him. So, I mean, honestly, I can't believe that there aren't teams calling for Joe Brady's name. Weren't you the one who brought him up for a USC job potential? Uh, I mean, that was my opinion. It was not... uh, it wasn't something that I've heard like in the news, but mm-hmm. I would. Why? Why would you not go after him? All I can oh. say is no. 
And yeah, absolutely. By the way, they did, as Ben said, he said that Eric B enemy should go to, should go to uh, the yeah, USC. Safe. They were talking about it on the broadcast on Sunday night. So that's Tori's definitely starting to get a little bit of leverage. By the way, did you see USC went out and beat Washington state's ass. Is that an impressive win or something? <laughs> no, but it just goes to show you how they bad did have, Coach they Clay Helton was. Well, they did have Slovis get hurt, and that Jackson Dart kid, boy, he was throwing rifles. By the way, did you see his eye black? That was probably the most douchey thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> Not a fan at all. Um, ben, anything else you think we need to talk about before we get out of here? Team you've been disappointed in? Not kind of – don't say – like, I'm saying team you thought would be better – also, it's early. They haven't played division yet, but San Francisco's 2-0. I had them having a struggle year. They look good so far. Bosa looks healthy, but team you thought would be better through two games. That's a tough one. Um, team I thought would be better through two games. Um, you know, to I, me, I'll, I can go first. To me, Yeah, go ahead, go. To me, it's the Colts. I know that I'm probably higher. I was probably higher on them than most people. Yeah. I just I, I'm I'm this close. I know people can't see me, but it's the half inch line of just totally giving up on Carson Wentz. Like I now he's got two sprained ankles. This guy needs to walk around in bubble wrap. Like it, I get it. They're paying him a lot of money. You can't just dump him. I, I'm very very close to saying he hurts this team. And they need to go get – I do not want to say they need to bring in Cam Newton. But I don't think Cam would do any worse. Wentz played fine last week, but they're 0-2. Two very – they were two winnable games. I'll say that. They were two winnable games. And now they're 0-2. And now Wentz has two sprained ankles. Like, what am I supposed to think? It's going to get better this coming week with two sprained ankles? What they need to they're do not running. They... They're not running the football very well. Not at all. No, what they need to do is they need to pick the phone up. They need to call the Atlanta Falcons and offer a lot of draft capital for Matt Ryan. I mean, it'd be tough. It'd be hard for me to say no to that one. But Or they could just wait until his contract's up this year and go grab him. Yeah, that is very true, which probably will happen, unfortunately. Um, I do want to talk about My point is this. I can't believe – like, the Dolphins did a good job. They Mm -hmm. have Tua. He's their starter, but they have an adequate backup. He played terrible. Week two, but Jacoby Brissett has done this role before. I can't believe the Colts bring in Carson Wentz knowing his injury history. And they're just like, yeah, if he gets hurt, we're just going to run with Jacob Beeson and Sam Ellinger. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, especially in such a weak division, you know, you would expect them to have like a half serviceable backup. But, you know, I will give Brissett a little bit of a pass. It's tough, man, to get thrown in the middle of the game. I watched a lot of that Bears game just because I had big bet on the Bears and they kept it kept it sweaty for most of the game. And Justin Fields, I mean, he honestly threw some pretty good balls. He should have thrown his first career NFL touchdown and went right through Allen Robinson's hands on a catch he makes nine times out of ten. But, you know, Fields definitely had some rough plays, and he had some very good-looking plays. But, you know, it's just tough, man, when you're sitting there on the sidelines. You know, you're not – I feel like, you know, it takes a lot of mental preparation. Like, for me in basketball, like, when I I was more of like a role player, you know, when I was playing in high school and whatnot, and – when the, you know you're kind of like mentally prepared, you're like, all right, this is when I'm going to get in. You know what I mean? And when you get thrown in a weird situation, it definitely changed your entire mentality. But the two, the two, the team that I'm the wait was did this, the team after the zero and two, or can it just be the team that's disappointed you the most so far? No, it's just the team that's disappointed you. 
The team that's definitely disappointed me the most of the Washington football team. Now, I would argue that Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback than um, than Ryan Fitzpatrick is, but I actually have heard it now a couple other spots that Washington played against really bad quarterbacks last year. Their defense does not look quite like the unit that I thought they were. I thought they might have the best defense in the NFL. They look very, very middle of the pack to me defensively. Like, I mean, Chase Young can get a big sack for you on third down, but also they can get burned and give up an 80-yard play just as easily, you know? And I feel like especially that Thursday night game, Daniel Jones ran all over them. They don't really have the linebackers to stop running quarterbacks and mobile quarterbacks like that. Daniel Jones got a lot of big plays down the field. They committed a lot of stupid penalties as well. I think the Washington football team's defense is definitely young, and I personally don't think this team won the division. I actually think Dallas is the best team in that division now. I kind of wish that I hadn't have been so heavy on Washington, but I just really don't like what I've seen out of them so far the first two weeks. I mean, the Chargers had an offensive line with three new offensive linemen, and they played flat-out terrible that game as well. So, And, I mean, the Giants, we watched – I watched the whole game. Shoot, the Giants had like three offensive linemen go down throughout the game. They were playing with backup backups out yeah. there, and Washington still couldn't really disrupt them. So it's it's crazy. They're giving up a ton of yards in two weeks. It's supposed to be an elite defense. It's crazy, man. I'm like, I'm not expecting you to win every game. That's not gonna happen. But you know, they have not impressed me. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're an elite defense, I'm expecting you to shut down a Giants offensive line that already sucks and is missing two starters. You know, I'm expecting that at least, and they did not do that. That was the opposite. They were very, very fortunate to escape with a win. I mean, Darius Slayton dropped the game-winning touchdown pass. Didn't the Giants miss a field goal, too, as time expired? Yeah, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah. I think they, I remember the Giants screwed it up at the end, regardless. Like it was a blown, like it should not have won that game. Let's put it this way. When they come to it, no, no, the Giants, they said the Giants jumped offside. That's right. That's what it was. They jumped off sides on the missed uh, field goal. Yeah. Let's put it this way. When they I'm not come even down, sure if he did, I'm not sure if he did jump offside, by the way. Yeah. I didn't even, I don't even remember watching the replay, but. I'm not 100% sure that when they come to Atlanta that they won't lose to us. I think that might be our first victory of the season. So kind of hoping for that at least. But yeah, fingers crossed. Don't want to guarantee anything when you're as bad as the Falcons are. Ben, anything else from you before we get up out of here? That's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all I got either, guys. Just to put this in perspective for you guys for how tough of a weekend it was. Ben had the over in the Chargers game, and there was one punt the entire game, and yet the under missed by 20 points. That's what kind of weekend it was, but we've put all that behind us. It is a new week, guys. We're ready to roll, and we will be back on Friday. Friday winners. Oh, yeah, Friday winners. We simply cannot accept what happened this last week. We are out for vengeance, and we'll talk to you all again soon.